Life Audio. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today is an extra special treat because we have the amazing September McCarthy with us. September's wisdom and experience make her a sought-after speaker at Teach Them Diligently, and I can't wait for you to dive into the insight she's bringing today. We're going to tackle some real talk topics about homeschooling, those triggers and traps that sneak up on us. You know, the things that can throw us off course without us even realizing it. It's a super practical episode, and you don't want to miss a moment of it. So thank you for joining us today. I am absolutely confident that you're going to find this episode insightful and encouraging. Remember, you're not alone on this homeschooling journey. I hope you'll connect with us at Teach Them Diligently events this spring or through our TTD 365 membership all year long, and let's continue to learn and grow together. And hey, if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode when it comes out. So now, stay tuned. We'll be right back with today's conversation with September McCarthy right after this short break. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have September McCarthy with us. September is always someone that is asked for at Teach Them Diligently. She is so well-respected. So she is so well-loved, and that has been earned through many, many years of writing and ministering to families, living a life that is worthy of watching and learning from. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear today as we talk all about some triggers and traps of homeschooling and some things that it's real easy to fall into that can really derail our efforts. And a lot of times we don't even realize it's happening. So this is going to be a super practical episode that you are not going to want to miss an instant of. September, I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Leslie. I'm so excited to be here again. One of my absolute favorite ministries to homeschool families. Well, thank you. I know you have a lot of ministries to homeschool families. God has God has really enabled you guys to do a lot. And before we dive in, I'd love for you, for those who may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about some of the things that God has allowed you guys to do through the years, both while you were raising your kids and now that you're kind of even helping to homeschool some of your grandchildren, some of the ways that God is working and allowing you guys to serve. Oh, I'd love to share that. So, you know, I've been homeschooling almost three decades. And when I even say that word, it's just sounds magnificent, like just so large and so long. And I want to tell whoever's in the middle of the homeschooling, like at the end, when you look back, the time really does go fast. Like I can't even believe that it's been almost 30 years. So in the 30 years that I've been homeschooling, I've been running a homeschool co-op for over two decades. And launching from that co-op, I realized that there are so many different creative ways to homeschool and also a lot of different needs in the homeschool community. And so three years ago, my daughter and I launched a hybrid homeschool center. And it is basically, we call it the best of both worlds because homeschoolers can 
send their children to the center two days a week to be tutored in all the primary core subjects. And then they get to homeschool the other three days a week at home. And so they also have gym and music and we make it really special. It has a homeschool feel. It's that traditional public school feel. So if you're thinking, oh, they're going to school, they're not. Each classroom is set up per not just age, age and grade, but also because as we know, as homeschoolers, it's not always about age and grade. It's also about level of learning and how you learn. So each student is in the place they need to be, where they need to learn and how they learn. So that's called the Family Enrichment Center. And it's an absolute joy and honor to do that. Like every time I go into work, I feel like it's just a culmination of all the things that I've learned as a homeschool mom and we've been able to live out. So we have that. And then we have our shop, which has homeschool resources. And now we have a new homeschool podcast called Dear Mom. And all of those things aren't really things like extra things I'm doing. They really are all the same thing. Like even just showing up here today to talk, it's just the same thing. It's just part of who God has grown me to be in my life. And he's called us to homeschool. And so this is where the overflow comes. And I just love that I can be used that way. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we see, I think the older that we get, we see more clearly the wisdom in God instructing those of us who are older, who have gone before to invest in those coming up behind because we're able to see more completely the picture. You know, we've been in the weeds and come out the other side and we see where all of this is going. And it's so helpful and so encouraging to have someone who can can reach right down into the weeds and help you kind of navigate your way out with wisdom and love. That's a real blessing. Yeah, it is. It's a real blessing to me to be able to share because when I'm doing that, I'm always reminded of where I was or the moments that I had that were so difficult. And I think that's why I'm so passionate to share because I want current time homeschoolers, even my children and my grandchildren to have the tools and resources and the knowledge and the what's coming to be able to navigate through it a whole lot easier than I did. And so, you know, it's just a real, it's a real blessing to be able to walk in that path. It is. And the realities are so different for homeschool moms today than they were when I was starting out. And I'm certain when you were starting out, there's so much more noise. There's so much more information and I think a lot of times that actually serves to paralyze people rather than mobilize them and give them a clear direction moving forward. Right, right. I agree. I see a lot of that now. There's a lot of noise, a lot of options, a lot of things that people can choose from or do. And often it does paralyze us and homeschoolers today thinking that maybe they're doing it wrong. And so I feel like the experience or the openness to examine our homeschooling every year is a very important thing. It's not just a one and done decision. And I feel like that's why podcasts like this podcast and tools like conferences and things like that are very vital because people can look around and learn how to sift through all the choices. Absolutely. And how to navigate, you know, their way out of a rut or out of you know, we're going to talk today about triggers and traps that derail our homeschools. And it's just good to know where you can get solid information to help you navigate your way out of those, which honestly is why I'm so glad that we're going to be spending some time talking about that today. But as we were talking before we, we kind of got on to record, I wanted to ask you to define, as you did for me, 
what is the difference between a trigger and a trap? Because I think that that even hearing those things will help people start to to recognize maybe some things that they're falling into. So when I think of a trigger, I think of something that is that initiates a response within us. So something in our homeschool day or our homeschool world will trigger or initiate a response from us. And sometimes we're unaware of what those are. And it's really important and vital to kind of take note of our own triggers in our homeschool. And then a trap in our homeschool would be patterns we've become stuck in that maybe we're not even aware of until maybe quote unquote is too late or it's just something we've fallen into. So it's a pattern that we become stuck into. And both of those are so easy to fall prey to. You know, as you have been mentoring and investing in lives and just living in community with all of these homeschool families, whether you're ministering at conferences like ours or in your enrichment center, what have you seen as some of the, let's focus on triggers real quick, because the traps are a little bit, I think, more long-term. That's a little bit bigger in conversation, but the triggers would lead into a lot of those traps. What are some of the triggers that you have seen that are really, really common now that can impact a family's you know, view of their homeschooling or even their feeling like they have the ability to homeschool? Well, I think that one of the top triggers that people have a response to is how people compare homeschoolers to public schoolers. I think we all have a triggered response to that when we hear that. And so then basically in defense, we always want to prove that we're doing a great job and prove that we're okay and that our kids are learning and that they're going to be okay. And recognizing that will actually keep us from a really big trap because the trap from that trigger each trigger has a trap, right? Like in, in everyday life. And the trap and falling, being, you know, triggered by the comparison, the trap is, is that we overprove. We overshine. We over expect from our children so that we have something to show for. We don't want to put so much on our children just so that we have something to say to the world. We'll see, see, look what we did, which eventually turns to pride. And I've seen that, honestly, many times because we're so triggered by people watching us or people observing us in our homeschooling that we overcompensate and it ends up affecting our home and our joy and our homeschool. We feel like we have to live up to this unnamed elephant in the room and that's comparison. So I feel like that trigger, it's really, we should be really careful in how we respond to not just verbally, but also how we respond and how we plan our homeschool and how we talk to people about our homeschool and how we homeschool our children so that they don't feel the pressure of always having to live up to a standard that really shouldn't be there. Right. Well, and honestly, that's, you know, we talk with hard schooling, we talk so much about understanding your mission and the why behind what you're doing. And actually going back to that is a good way to combat that trigger too, because that grounds you. Your mission helps to give you purpose and really shape the way that you think about everything else. So the first, I think with any of these triggers, you're going to find you've got to recognize that a trigger is inherently emotional. There's going to be this emotional response of some sort to these triggers. 
And so recognizing that, first of all, because you, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. This is going to be emotional. And then stepping back and understanding why you're doing what you're doing so that you can go back to that and start reorienting your mind so that you don't fall into the trap of all of those things that you just mentioned that really do not go along. Well, they actually are counterproductive to strengthening those relationships and investing in hearts and so on. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Yes, right. I've seen that in a lot of homeschool co-ops where homeschoolers are triggered by what they see in other homeschoolers. So it's not always the trigger from the world. It's a trigger from being in a close-knit co-op community. And one of the most important things that I learned early on is to never verbally or set my homeschool up to look like someone else's homeschool because it's a trap we can't stay in. It's not sustainable because it's not our home. Those are children and our children know what's happening. They realize when those words come up, you know, we might say something like, well, I was at homeschool club this week and my friend Nancy said that her kids just read 10 books this week. And so we're going to start reading books this week. Well, well, there's really nothing wrong with that. But the trap is now you set up a standard for maybe your child who has learning struggles. Maybe your schedule's too busy to read that many books. Maybe it's not a season for that. And so we have these triggers that we end up in this trap of trying to create a whole new thing in our homeschool. So I always like to when I'm listening and hearing these comments and watching these responses to remember that these really are, there are a lot of homeschool things, triggers in our world, homeschool world that sometimes we're not aware of, even for myself today, as now I have college students getting re- or high school students getting ready for college. I am often triggered by the need to keep up or do all the college visits that everyone else is doing or to make sure we have this test done and this test done. There are things we need to do, but I have to always step back and remember who my child is. So, yeah, absolutely. And that trigger actually shows up in a lot of different ways. You mentioned, and this is one that I struggled with a lot when my my first three were kind of going into high school because, yeah, I would hear about all of these things that other people were doing. And it's easy in that moment to forget all of the things that your family is doing. They're just different things because God has created us differently and given us a different call. So I very often would react, you know, like be reactionary. I would start putting other things, other people's things into my day. And that pushes out the joy, it pushes out the contentment and the peace. And it also derails what God has called us to be focusing on. And so it's very important to recognize that God has a plan for each of our families and it's different. And that's good because God is personal. And that's a great way to teach your kids that as well. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've discovered about these triggers and traps in homeschooling is that it really does affect what our children think about homeschooling. And what they think about homeschooling as they get older. So sometimes we don't see that next layer. But now that I have grown children, you know, this is where this topic has become really near and dear to me. And I can see it so clearly because I've had great in-depth discussions with all of my older children about what was a positive thing about your homeschooling? What was negative? I'm not afraid to ask that. And speaking of negativity, this is another trigger 
I think that we as moms or dads, whoever's, you know, staying at home homeschooling, we can be triggered by the words, I need you. Can you help me? When are we going to get to this subject? Or maybe even triggered because we never have time alone. Like the necessity and the magnitude of being needed all the time becomes a trigger for a homeschool mom. And that has rippling effects. And we fall into this trap of actually making our whole homeschooling experience negative because we're just so over needed. It becomes a very uncomfortable thing for us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so we fall into the trap of homeschooling. We're going to get this done as fast as we can, or you don't need me to do this. And then our kids homeschool academics may fail. We're doing everything we can to not be needed as much. And it has rippling effects. And so this trigger, I think it's really important for moms to identify when they hear these words, how they're feeling, what they're thinking. Like, I'm always needed. You know, when you start thinking those things, like I never have time alone, I'm always needed. Those are triggers that kind of propel our homeschool into something negative. And it has rippling effects on our children. Well, how as a mom do you get ahead of that? Because as you were describing that, I think every mom listening in would relate. She has been there. She may be there right now. So what are some things that you have found, and even as you've prayed and thought about this, that are are ways to combat that trigger and not fall into the traps that it opens up? Well, like you said earlier, I think it's always important to go back to our mission, why we're doing this and why it's important. And if we've been called to it, I think it's important to create from early on lifelong independent learners so that we're not always being needed. There are seasons and times of learning that we have to be present. We have to be learning. But if you do not have personal space or time, then you need to fix something in your home and homeschooling because that's not what homeschooling is. It's not giving of everything in you until you're run dry, until your negative mindset of homeschooling comes in. So as I was in that place of being alone, I feeling alone, feeling stuck. I noticed one of my triggers in my early years of homeschooling was when moms would say things like this. Oh yeah, I went to the gym last night or we went out to coffee with a friend. Like those terms became a trigger to me because I kept thinking, am I the only one that never has time for anything other than homeschooling? And it became, all those things became triggers. And I began to think either I'm not doing this right or my kids are needy or this is just homeschooling. And I became, I fell into this trap of just thinking this, this is just the way it is. And that's a trap. So all those things put me in this trap of thinking, this is just the way it is. And so some of the things that I learned to get out of this path were to ask for help, to attend a co-op and offset some of my responsibilities, to have a talk with my husband. If you're single, then find someone who can support you. But to see where I could make time for myself, what I could offset in our homeschooling so my kids could do some of their work alone. And I began to set up my own systems, my own schedule, and I made sure that I wasn't always needed and having to be on point all the time because that really can end your homeschooling career quickly. Well, yeah. And it's really important that you stay aware of that. I mean, Because homeschooling impacts everything else in your family, 
that trigger, that one thing too much could be your husband asking where his underwear is. And you're like, oh, it's clean. It's just in a basket in there. Why is everything always on me? I mean, it's amazing what can actually be that thing that pushes you over the edge when you are living this holistic life at home. But I would echo what you said there, looking for ways to offset, but also communication is such a big deal. And even just talking with your spouse, bringing him in on what is going on, I have found through the years that though, you know, our homeschool never functioned where David taught anything or or anything like that, that wasn't a role that worked. But just knowing that he was with me was incredibly helpful, especially in those times of overwhelm where I just felt like I was brittle and I just needed to breathe a little bit more. Right. Yeah, we came up with some creative solutions because I was a primary teacher in our homeschool and I still am. But my husband would ask me questions and not everyone has this. So, you know, if this isn't a solution for someone listening, then I suggest finding a different route. But he would say, what can I do? And, you know, it would always be like, well, you can't homeschool the kids. So I guess there's nothing you can do. And then he's like, no, there is always an answer. So we set up like a, a meal rotation or he would bring dinner home. Or he would say, why don't you have so-and-so come over so you could take a walk in the middle of the day? Or do you want to hire a tutor for your for the kids in a certain subject? Or why don't you take school off on Fridays and attend a co-op so you have a little breathing space? There's always like this, there's always a solution, but I think identifying the triggers, the way we're thinking, the way we're reacting to what we know isn't healthy is like the first step. Yeah, absolutely. When I was younger, and I talk about this quite a bit. David would let me go out every Sunday night after church and I would just plan my week or I would sit and drink coffee and be still or whatever. But it was about two hours every week where he would play with the kids and get them ready for bed and for the week. And I would just be still. And that for that season was exactly what I needed. And yes, every family doesn't function like ours, doesn't function like yours. But I hope that these ideas at least spark the hope that, okay, if I just think outside, if I get back up just a little bit, there are ways that I can find some relief here. We just had this past weekend a retreat for Teach Them Diligently 365 members where all of those dads said, I think it's important for you to invest in just the rest and fellowship and rejuvenating of being together with other women. And they came in from you know, one came over from France, one was there, we were in South Carolina, one flew in from Oklahoma, we had Ohio represented and, you know, just all of these places where these ladies came together. And that was made possible because other people were willing to step in and help with their responsibilities at home. So there are a lot of different ways that you can get that breathing room. And so often you'll find when you actually take that time to just step back, a little bit and give yourself the rest that you need, that everything else flows so much better because you're able to focus from there, not on the trigger of being so brittle and worn out, but rather on the mission that God has given you. Right. I agree. Yeah. And I think the most important thing I can express to listeners is this, identifying your thought patterns will help you know what you need to fix. So if you're with a group of moms and they're saying something and you have that cringe inside or that sadness or that question, that is a trigger. That is what's telling you there's something you can do differently. 
sometimes we ignore that and think, well, they just have a better life than me. You know, they just have this special thing. And when you start to think these words, this is just the way it is, then you know something needs to be done. Like it's an important thing for moms, I think, to remember. I was at the park walking. That is one of the things that I did when my kids were growing up, when they got to the age where I could lay a baby down for a nap and I had a, you know, older midler or a young teen and I could leave the house, I would just go for a two mile walk and I would cry and I would pray and I would sing and I would praise and I would talk to the Lord and I would just talk out loud. And sometimes I would just listen to music and then I would come home and it would just reset my day just enough that I thought this is the way it should be. And so sometimes you have to rewire your thinking, identify the traps and just be aware of where you are in your homeschooling. I do see this a lot, but I was at the park and I saw a mom there with her five little kids and they were little and they were barefoot and they were running. And she was in the car with the baby right there next to the swing set. She could see them. And I know her. She's from my homeschool co-op and I was taking my laps. And I just inside was thinking she's doing such a great thing right now at such an early stage in her homeschooling because she saw a need in the middle of her homeschooling day where she was feeling trapped. And she just put the kids in the car and she went and she let them run and play. And she had a little quiet space. And I messaged her later and I said, I am so proud of you. And she said, I just knew I needed to do this for the day. I just put the workbooks away and we reset. She said, when I went home, it was like a different homeschool day. And I said, I'm really proud of you. I said, not many people in their early homeschool years recognize that. So I feel like in this homeschool world we're in, where we are competing for success and we're competing to show the world how many hours we're putting in or how great we're doing to kind of put that aside and remember what we need in our homeschooling. Yeah. And it's amazing what just a little break like that will do, a little sunshine, a little disruption of the norm. It is incredibly impactful on your mindset and how you feel when you come back. Well, September, we are just about out of time, but I want you to take a few minutes and tell everyone where they can find you. Tell us about your new podcast and what we can expect there, because I want to make sure that everyone knows how they can follow up and continue to stay in touch with you. Well, that's great. Yeah. My podcast, the Dear Mom Podcast, will be wherever you listen to a podcast. It's launching in January. But our intro episode is in November, and that is through my shop, September and Co., which is online, septemberandco.com. And this podcast will be a discipleship podcast. So discipleship in homeschooling, discipleship in friendship and marriage, and all of the things that we are walking out. And this will be with my daughter, Sarah. She is 30. And so she and I are going to be doing that together. Now she homeschools and it's a really interesting dynamic because Sarah is not a traditional homeschooler. She never thought she would homeschool. She is a very on the go doer. And so there's a lot of different perspectives and growth that we're going to share, even our relationship, mother, daughter. So that is called the Dear Mom Podcast. And then of course, everyone can find me at my shop. I'll be with Teach Them Diligently this year in the free summer events and Yeah, I'm so excited about that again, my favorite group of people. And then I'm going to be launching a book in July called Hope for Your Homeschool. So that'll be coming out with Moody Publishers. Well, congratulations. That is awesome. I can't wait to see it. And we'll have to have you back on to talk all about that as we get closer. Thank you. We'll be watching for launch team stuff. (laughs) Yeah, great. Thanks. 
You're welcome. So thank you guys for joining us today. I hope that this has opened your eyes to some of the things that may be triggering to you. I imagine that as September was talking, there were a number of scenarios that were kind of going through your head where you saw, "Mm, that is something that's kind of derailing me. That is making me fall into this cycle or this pattern that I don't want any part of. So I encourage you to focus intently on what God has called you to do. Look at your mission. Let that really direct the way that you react to things, the way that you order your days, the way that you engage with your children and everything else. God has a special plan for your family, for your homeschool, for your relationship with your children, and that is for no one else. And so keep your eyes fixed on Him and let Him direct you day in and day out. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope and pray that we get to see you at Teach Them Diligently this May. We will be in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and we will be in Branson both in May of 2024. September will be there with us along with a number of other great speakers, thousands of resources available for you, and perhaps even best of all, thousands of other homeschoolers who are making very similar decisions for their family that you are. The fellowship, the friendships are so sweet. And your heart will be encouraged beyond what you can even imagine. So go to teachthemdiligently.net. Make your plans to join us there. We would love to see you. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm -hmm.